Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Aloha and welcome to Spirit Chat Radio. Today's topic is going to be about kids and spirits. Um, I talked about doing this subject a while ago. I think I've done some stuff on the subject But for some reason, this has come up quite a bit lately, so I thought I would go ahead and do a radio show on it. Uh, There are lots of things I'd like to address when it comes to kids and spirits. Uh, This show, even if you don't have kids, might be a very good show for you to listen to because I'm also going to be talking about, and I want you to think back to some things if you're if you're interested in psychic ability, if you're interested in what's happening, or you're you're experiencing psychic development, or uh, you're you're on a spiritual journey. Some of these things you're probably going to remember as a child, as you as a child yourself, as you look back on the history, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more. However, I want to start with some simple stuff that I want to address that I've had some questions about. First of all, there's a lot of talk about kids being either indigo children or rainbow children or something like that. I really don't like labels for kids ever. Um, And I don't like people labeling their types of abilities. Um, the reason that I don't like that is because I feel like it adds a lot of pressure into where the child's abilities fit in and into, well, if my child's an indigo child and your child's a rainbow child or, well, my child's a rainbow child and your child's not a rainbow child, I feel like that, that the only real reason to label um, indigo children or rainbow children, now, I, I don't think that the intention to label them was to necessarily... Um, put out a competitive nature by any means, but I feel like when people use that term, they use it in a way that is separating their children from the other children of the world. And and truth be told, there there should be no separation from your children to other children when it comes to uh, intuition and psychic abilities, because all children are born with them, all of them, every one of them. So it's not that some children are born with it and some children are not. Everybody's born with it. It's just the way it is. Um, You were born with it as a child. Your brother, your sister, your mother, your grandparents, they were all born with these abilities as children. It's because this, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you you will... be very familiar with this is just part of your spiritual body and who you are just like your children were born with the most children were born with the ability to hear and see and touch and taste Um, you we were also born with the ability to hear spiritually and see spiritually and feel spiritually taste spiritually just depending on what your gifts are some are stronger than others just like with your physical senses Um, Some children have stronger abilities than others, just like in life. Like some children are born more 
coordinated than others. Some are born smarter. They have like a, a really ingenious brain and some are um, born with the wonderful musical talent and ability to do things like that. So as all children are born with different abilities and creativity or with their mind or whatnot, you also have children that are born with different um, heightened abilities or, you know, maybe their abilities are not so heightened. But regardless of the height of their abilities and regardless of however anybody's ever labeled a child in the psychic realm, kids are equal in the fact that they're all born with their spiritual senses intact and working properly. What happens with a lot of children, um, as you yourself may have experienced, is many times as they get older, they begin to block a lot of their sensations because it either scares them or they're not really sure about you know what things are maybe their parents were afraid and so they kind of freaked them out so for whatever reason there's a lot of different reasons that you might block things so how do you handle a child with psychic abilities or intuitive senses and how do you know if you know they're they're they are being psychic or there's something that they should see somebody about or whatever um one of the first things that I would like to address is, and this was a question that was asked in one of my higher purpose learning groups about um, one of one of the children that they were in their life. Um, you know, how do I handle this? How do I? They're they're seeing things. They're seeing they're seeing spirits. They're seeing um, people. They're seeing God. They're describing them to me. You know, how do I handle it? Well, one of the things is you don't want them to feel abnormal. That's a thing that I think. A lot of parents make the mistake of, whether it be your parents made the mistake with you, or um, maybe you know other parents that are making the same mistake. A lot of times, the first reaction is shock, um, second reaction is fear, um, and then the third reaction is, oh my gosh, is something wrong with my child? Uh, so you don't want to scare your child. You don't want them to feel abnormal or like something is wrong with them or that this ability is bad or that this ability is frightening because that will lead to a lot of different uh, fears. It, the children are not going to be able to shut down right away if they're experiencing a higher um, ability where they are seeing spirits or angels or God or imaginary friend or 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 Joe, who used to live in the house, whatever, um, their their abilities are not going to shut down right away. It's going to take a little bit of time, even if out of fear. So if you start freaking them out, they're, they're going to respond in a way that is like, they're just going to be terrified little kids for a while. They're just going to be hor horrified and worried and, and nervous and anxious because there's no way for them to tune it out fast enough for them to feel normal. And so that's something that I feel is really important should be on the really in the forefront of your mind is make sure that you don't freak out the children in a way that makes them feel like they have done something wrong or that they're abnormal in some way or that they should be afraid or frightened. Um, the next thing you want to make sure that they have 
a very calm energy about it. You want to make sure that their perspective, your perspective for them is calming. And so that's why you don't want to approach them with fear. And you, you want to make sure that they sometimes they're just afraid because um, maybe their abilities are heightening. And at some point, because that can happen, you know, you may have a child that didn't see so much when they were two. And all of a sudden at four, they're starting to see spirits in their bedroom, etc. So you want to approach it and and try to find a way to calm them and make sure that they realize that they're very safe and that um, it's totally okay. And kids do really well with knowledge. And so it's okay to, in fact, I encourage uh, people to explain this to their children and explain to them that they have these abilities to see things that are in the spiritual realm. Uh, Kids are a lot more aware of the spiritual realm than you think that they are. A lot more aware. In fact, I find that more often than not, they are way more aware than adults, even if you have never had a conversation about it with them or they've never brought up the conversation to you. They tend to have a natural awareness that adults have really blocked. And so it is a good time to have a conversation with them and talk about the spiritual realm and that there are um, other people and angels and guides and different things that are in the spiritual realm that not everybody can see, but that they have this wonderful ability and gift to be able to see and communicate with. So make it an okay, it's all right, you know, you have this wonderful ability and gift to be able to do this. And how cool is that? It's really wonderful. And so you want to have a calming you know, voice about it. You want to have a calming uh, conversation with them about it. And if you feel like you cannot and it's freaking you out completely, you know, walk away for a little bit, talk to your friends, be terrified to your spouse and whatnot, and get your stuff together, come back and then have a conversation with them about it. Because uh, that would be better. You know, I'm not really sure why people necessarily freak out when their kids can see things I think it's because it actually scares people in general if they can't see them themselves as adults and then they're you know spirits tend to freak out people but um you don't want to freak out a child because they will live with an anxious tummy and um they will feel very nervous and they won't want to sleep by themselves and that sort of thing the next thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that they realize that they have a lot of control over um, what they're experiencing. And in regards to they don't need to talk to the people that they're seeing. They don't need to be friends with the people that they are saying seeing. Um, that they can ask them to go away. That they can tell them not to be in their space. Um, that they can call their angels in for protection, which I'm going to get to in about a minute. And so that's another good thing is don't l- allow your child to feel like they don't have any control over their abilities because they really do. But having control over your abilities is a learned, it's a, it's a skill, it's a learned skill. And so um, you need to understand that you can actually communicate with them and you can actually tell them no. You can actually say, you know, um, you're not allowed in my space right now. You can, again, like I said, call in angels and whatnot, but you don't have to talk back and or engage. Now, when some of those things don't work and they, the spirits and the guides tend to hang around, then your child can go to the next step, which is basically ignoring them. Because if you ignore them long enough, they will go away. Um, 
Now, why does this happen? Why do the spirits kind of hang out and come around and whatnot? Well, because we're actually energy and we talk about that often. But as energy, spirits and people, um, guides or different things, mainly spirits who incarnate, they see us as a different color or a different vibration. The for And by see us, I mean people who can see them, children who can see them. We offer a different color, a different vibration than the other people who don't see them as well. And so spirits tend to be drawn into people who they think can hear them if they want to tell a message. Now, that's not helpful if you don't want to give the message. For instance, I've been places where there's been parties or events or whatever, and I will have many spirits talk to me sometimes, or maybe I'm just having lunch with somebody for whatever reason. They may or may not know what I do for a living. Maybe they're a family friend or whatever, or a friend of, you know, somebody that we're just not, it just hasn't come up which is weird, I know, but that happens. Um, And I may have a spirit that just wants to get through to this person. So if they want to get through to somebody that you know, come in contact with, etc., if you are the color, the vibration that they know you can hear them, a lot of times they will badger, come around, really try to communicate with you to tell somebody else a message. Mainly, they usually want these people to just know that they're still alive, that they're safe, that everything's good, and or they want you specifically to know the children and or adults of whoever can see them, that they just exist. There's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of that going on in the way that spirits really just want people to know that they exist. They want you to know that there is, they are very much alive. They are very much well. They are very much aware. They are very much living in just a different dimension, in a different energy, in a different realm. And so a lot of times they get very adamant about just being like, I'm still here. I still exist. Like I just didn't just disappear. So that can be um, why they tend to hang out. But they will. Children will appear to be this different color of vibration if if they're acknowledging them. And they can tend to come around a lot. My son had that happen often. He's one of the strongest mediums I've ever met. Um, and, but you know, it got annoying to him sometimes it really, really did. He could in, and not only is he a strong medium, but he actually, a lot of mediums don't, this is not a very, um, known fact, but a lot of mediums, I would say only about 10% of mediums actually see people, uh, like you see regular people. The rest of them see them in their mind's eye. They can hear them. They can sense them. And they know that they're talking to spirit, etc. But to actually visually see them, a very small portion of people with mediumship's abilities actually see them. He happens to be one of those people. And he sees them very clear. And they used to sometimes, I remember one time when he was sleeping... He was just like, Mom, it was like they were having a party in my room. I had to be like, just go away. Be quiet. Go away. I'm trying to sleep. And so it can be irritating and distracting for them sometimes, but they do have control over whether they engage with these people or or these spirits. And so they have control. Um, The other thing that is really important to know when you're dealing with kids and spirits is to get them to really uh, embrace their 
connection with angels and their their guardian angel, their their protector angels. Um, that's another thing that is really important when you're dealing with kids and spirits. Angels will offer a buffer of safety, protection, especially when it comes to um, low vibration spirits or low vibration entities of any kind. Angels will really offer protection, especially to children when it comes to dealing with those types of spirits. And so that's something that I would encourage you to do. And again, you may remember this as a child. You may remember having your angel around. You may remember talking to your angel or calling your angel in. And so you can offer have them do prayers. You can just have them ask for their angel to come in. You can have them learn how to connect with their angel just by feeling their angel at nighttime, um, feeling their energy because the minute that they ask or request for their angel to come, the angel will come. And then the children are usually more aware enough to be able to feel the angel come. And so you can absolutely teach them to really embrace their relationship with our guardian angel and angels. And that will allow them to feel some type of protection and it'll allow them to feel safe and like somebody is buffering between them and the energy of the spirits. And that's really good. Um, you know, you have to remember the other thing that's really important to remember is children are energy readers. They're just like when I'm talking about adults and um, the spiritual realm, children and, and animals, actually, um, they're naturally energy readers and they don't veer away from that like adults do. They don't tend to shut that down or just really ignore it. Um, they are fully embraced in being energy readers. And as energy readers, one of the things that I'd like to point out is if you have a child that you know their abilities are heightened and you know that they um, are seeing things or can uh, sense things in the spiritual realm, you really want to make sure that you pay close attention to things that they say. You want to make sure that what that they if they're worried about being around somebody uh, especially people because they're such good energy readers of people if they're saying they don't like anybody or somebody for a specific person and you think that person's great i don't care what i thought of somebody and i'm psychic you know and but if my kids said they didn't like somebody for a reason that was a red flag for me immediately because I may have missed something, they may be seeing something they're not that I'm not. They may be projecting a different energy to my child that I'm unaware of. Um, that was an immediate. You immediately got red flagged if my children did not like you for whatever reason. My kids were pretty good kids, but boy, did I take that seriously. So that is another thing that you want to take seriously. Imaginary friends when it comes to children and spirits. This is something that I am also asked about a lot and you may or may not have had um, uh, imaginary friends when you were younger. Spirits tend to come in imaginary friend, uh, imaginary friend type relationships. And they're not really imaginary friends. They're real friends, but adults and people put imaginary friend on it because they the adults cannot see them. So they say, oh, it's your imaginary friend. Um, many times that will be a guide that they are 
uh, conversing with and they enjoy talking with. Sometimes it might be somebody who has passed, um, but a lot of times it's your guide or somebody who's passed. The There was a question I got in one of my psychic um, ability class groups, which was, well, what about a um, boy-girl name like um, John Jane or something? And what if that's the imaginary person's name? If you if you have a dual gender name, a male-female name, or if your children have a male-female name um, that they're talking with, those are angels. Angels tend, uh, not all of them, but they can have a... Um, boy girl uh, non-gender type names because they're taking both genders actually so if they're talking about their imaginary friend having a dual name happens to be male female they're actually uh, talking with angels or an angel and one of the uh, things that I like to do with kids when they're seeing spirits is to get that calming nature and to make them feel normal and to learn how to work with their abilities a little bit, kind of like learn that it's okay and learn how to um, have a little bit more control over them is to make it a game. So for instance, if your uh child is like oh I'm seeing a a man or a woman or whatever and you know they're imaginary or you can't see them or they're talking to me about this and you know that you know possibly is a person in the spiritual realm that is a really great time to start a game which is oh well how old is this person are they male are they female um what do they look like? What's their hair look like? Do they have glasses? Do they not have glasses? Kind of like guess who. So, you, you know, that board game for kids. And then you can start creating a picture of who they're seeing. And this actually helps you as the parent as well. Because you can start making a reference and seeing any type of pattern of who that they're talking with. And you can also ask you know, what do they want? Why are they hanging out? More often than not, you will hear the answers that they just want you to know that you're being protected. That's a huge one. They tell, they get that one a lot, you know, that they're there for protection or that God loves you or that um, they're just on the lookout, kind of watching out. And Usually when they're there for protection or guidance or they're, you know, God's watching over you type of thing, those are almost always guides that they're seeing. Um, They see guides more often and loved ones that are passed over more often than people, than they see ghosts. So um, I think that a lot of parents just assume that they're seeing a ghost or whatever, and, and that's not the case. The case of them seeing a spirit that they don't have some type of relationship with guide they're their angel, which angels can come in um, people form. So they can come without wings and appear to the child without wings. But they can also appear to the child with wings. Your child will know. Uh, my son's angel would always was in full angel wings and all. Um, his guide was often around and just walking the porch and for protection. And he used to tell him that. Uh, So, you know, 
protection usually guides angels. They will come for healing as well. So if your children are not feeling well or somebody's not feeling well in this family and they start seeing somebody, usually they're seeing an angel. So usually that's what's happening. And so you can ask, if you make it a game and make it more like, well, did they live here? Did they live in this area? Um, you know, how old are they? Do they have kids? Do they have a name? Usually if you make it a game and start asking questions and kind of um, allowing your child to develop their ability a little bit more, the children will get less afraid. They will begin to let their guard down a little bit. But my main goal with this is really to make sure that they're not scared and living in an anxious state or they're not their tummy's not upset or they're not feeling you know just scared to go to sleep or whatnot now that can and will happen anyways a lot of times because children are energy readers and so many times and we talked about the energy reader part but many times when children go to bed it's they they feel safer in the daytime even if they sense and feel spirits around they feel like they can see things around and and they're they feel safer because there's lights on and it's all lit up when it's nighttime they still sense and see the same spirits essentially and sometimes even more so because the veil is thinner at night and so you will have more spirit activity more of the spiritual realm will be active um, that will be a time that they may be like, oh, I, I'm, you know, there's something in my room. I'm scared. I can, and that's a little bit more scary just for the fact of when it's dark or, you know, just scary movies and whatnot. And there's, you know, something hiding in a closet, whatever. Um, it's just scarier to feel something or feel a presence or feel an energy when you cannot put a face or, um, you know, a reason behind why you're seeing this person. So I also have some tips for you. I have seven tips for helping um, psychic and intuitive children because I really would like people to understand this a little bit more, make it so that their children um, are not as fearful. And like I said, as I'm talking about this, most people who have intuitive abilities uh, had abilities as a child, of course, because you were born with them. But you may have a memory of different things of telling somebody that you could see some something or maybe not telling people you could see something and kind of keeping it to yourself because you were not unsure of what it is or afraid of the reaction or whatever. And so I'm going to walk through these tips, but I, I would like you to kind of take a minute after the podcast and try to remember yourself in your childhood. Do you remember seeing things in your childhood? Do you remember talking about it in your childhood? Do you remember, did you have an imaginary friend? Did you remember seeing angels? Do you remember feeling like even adults in your life? Do you remember feeling like, oh, I really like that person, but I didn't like that person? Do you remember that? You know, how did your parents react to anything regarding um, psychic stuff or spirits or the spiritual realm? Did they were they calm about it and embraced it? Some of them were. Um, did it freak them out? You may or may not know the answer to that question, but it most likely um, how you grew up will have also defined some of your own fears and some of your blocking of 
any abilities that you were born with because you were born with them, a lot of times those kind of go together. And so that may help you to discover some things about yourself. So some of the tips, seven tips for helping intuitive and psychic children. One of them is you also, you want to realize that because your child is psychic, it doesn't mean that he or she is meant to become a professional psychic. Like I said, the children are born with these abilities. A lot of them are born with very heightened abilities, but it absolutely doesn't mean that they are supposed to take that and do something professional with it because I've had parents ask me that and you know I don't know is my child supposed to do something with this why do they have it well they have it because they're alive they have it because they exist they have it because we're born with it um, they've embraced it a little bit more than others they may have the ability to, to utilize it more than others but that doesn't mean that that's their life path that doesn't mean that that's they're supposed to go into the spiritual realm will they maybe sometimes um, but it doesn't mean that that's necessarily like their life path. And even if they go into the spiritual realm, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do something like what I do. It might be something where they go into the health field or something of that nature. It's important to um, make sure you're or help your children understand what their ability is. So when they begin to be talking about spirits, when if they start talking about them, it's good for you to kind of allow them to explain to you how are they seeing these spirits are they hearing them do they hear them like uh, you hear me like that you can ask them or do you see them and when you see them what do they look like do they look do you see them like you see me or do you see them in your mind or do you hear them in your mind or do you just feel them really strong in your chest or do you hear them talking to you? Like, you know, ask them questions and get them to kind of understand what their, how they, what their ability is. How do they hear or sense the spirits just so that you are aware? And you want to teach them that they can live in harmony with these abilities. Because, like I said, a lot of kids will tune it out. But you want them to be very comfortable with the abilities that they have because you really, really don't want your child or these children to feel like there's something wrong with them or there's something scary about it. Like that's super important um, for you to be aware of because this is their normal. This is how they normally feel. This is like their life. They... If your child has abilities that have heightened, they don't know how to be any way else than how they're being. Like people have asked me that and said, you know, well, when did you have your abilities like heightened? When did you know you were like this? And I was like, I didn't ever know I wasn't like there was I was always like this. I It wasn't like something happened to me. I, it was my normal. So as a child, it was my normal to be able to, you know, see people and know a lot about them or know if somebody was going to call or have visions of such or have this relationship with God that I had and remembering where I was before I was born when I was in the spiritual realm. Like that was my normal. I didn't know how not to be that way. In fact, until again, I know you guys have heard me tell this story before, but until I got older, I didn't realize that other people were not like me. This was just my normalness. This was my life. I was just I thought you were all like like that. So it was weird. I 
when I started realizing I wasn't normal, as far as the other people who were around me, that my abilities were heightened and they didn't have that. It was very confusing for me, like really confusing. I, I didn't, then I had to sort through, through my head, what made me different? What did I see or sense? How was my life different from somebody else's? Because I literally had no idea. I didn't know that they couldn't see things. I didn't know that they couldn't feel things or didn't have really huge intuitive hits or what. So I had to try to figure it out. I had to ask people even and be like, well, so you don't see these things or you don't like, how do you know when you meet somebody if they're good people or not? And they're just like, well, I just talked to them and or how they treat me. And I didn't understand that because I knew before I'd even talked to somebody. So it was very confusing to not feel like you were normal. So that's one thing that you want to be aware of. You don't want your child to feel like they're not normal. You want to make sure that your children know, this is number three, um, that spirits will not harm them. So, you know, you want to, you want to make sure that they understand that there's nothing a spirit can do to physically harm them or, um, you know, do anything, I don't know what their fears might be, but uh, there, there's nothing that they can do to harm them. So one of the things that I like to do because nighttime seems to be a high sensitivity time with children, one of the things that I actually recommend is for uh, children, your child to be able to fall asleep with the TV on. Because what happens is um, a psychic or a medium if they're hearing spirits or sensing them, is you really can feel and hear them at night in a massively heightened way for a couple different reasons. One, because the spiritual realm is, again, a lot more active, right? Two, the energy of the earth and the world and your household is a lot calmer at night. So the energetic static is a lot lower, so there's not white noise, so to speak. And three, when you start to drift off to sleep or try to go to sleep, you basically are going into a meditative state, which is your natural state and natural ability to be able to communicate and, and be in the spiritual realm. So you're like talking a triple whammy. So how do you keep them from, you know, being afraid to fall asleep? If you put the TV on, allow them to watch Spongebob, allow them to fall asleep with it. And I have had the argument from parents of, oh, they'll just sit there and watch TV. Well, they will for a while, but they're eventually going to fall asleep. But is it worth it for them to be up all night or in your bed or not get good sleep at all um, than to maybe watch it an hour before bed or until they drift off to sleep because eventually they're going to get tired and fall asleep. So what happens is that begins to get your left brain listening to the stuff that's going on on the TV and when you do that it shifts your their little ability to be able to communicate with the spiritual realm it makes it makes their vibration and their um, meditative state sort of shift in a way that they're not naturally just plugging into the spiritual realm it gives their brain something to think about it and, and listen to other than hearing spirits or t- plugging into the spiritual realm so allowing them to watch TV or listen to TV as they're falling asleep, I highly, highly recommend that. So um, 
The other thing that they should do is, number four, they should actually learn uh, psychic protection. And so one of the things that I teach kids is to imagine that they surround themselves in a bubble filled with white light. And so you can do a fun game with that where you just sit with them and you get them to pretend like they're in this bubble and you visualize this white bubble and that this white light comes down from God and fills this bubble and offers them so much protection and so much buffer in this bubble. It makes the bubble really strong and it keeps out any harmful spirits or weird energies and you can walk through this with them before they go to bed and really make them feel safe and offer that like they have all this protection with them you can allow them to do that before that they go in if they have anxiety before they go into a room filled with people or whatever they may have anxiety about because a lot of children with anxiety again also suffer from being an energy reader and feeling a little bit off balance spiritually and not being grounded and having enough energetic protection the strength of the energy and so that's a really good fun game for them to play like you're in this bubble and it's just feeling really powerful white energy white light energy and just let them play with that a little bit and then it's offering them like you can tell them even a magic protection you know you're really you're getting their magic bubble let's put your magic bubble on before we go do this let's put your magic bubble on before you fall asleep And number five, I actually basically covered number five, which is it's important. Um, I covered a couple of these. Um, It's important to pay attention to what your children say and to take them seriously. Um, Number six, don't you need to let your children know that they're in control of their abilities, which is what um, we talked about. You can also tell them that they can talk to God or their guides or the angels and ask not to be shown things that they cannot do anything about. And you can ask, you can ask them to you know keep the spirits away. You know you can you, they can communicate with their guides and angels and really kind of lay down some ground rules of what that they want to do. And again, if the spirits still kind of try to slip through, there's always ignoring them, which eventually they get bored and don't want to hang out no more. Um, the last thing is you want to let your children decide if and when to let others know about their abilities and or this is where I don't like the labeling thing Um, you want to allow your child to feel as normal as possible and you want to allow them to you know not have the gift if they don't want to or pretend like they don't have the gift if you don't want when if other adults find out that they technically have these abilities and whatnot they offer a lot of advice they need to see somebody um you shouldn't be telling them this they get scared for your kid and want you to just you know oh my gosh that's scary they may look at your child differently a little bit more fearful um there's you know a lot of advice that you'll be given and so it's i feel like it's important to protect your children with their abilities in a way that is just you know something that they discuss with you and that they also you might want to discuss with your children as I did with mine they want to be careful of who they tell that they're seeing things to because that can cause a lot of uh, judgment from other people now most of the time you will notice 
that children, the things that they're saying and seeing, these spirits and different things are not going to want to harm them or hurt them or tell them to hurt others. If for whatever reason they are finding or you're hearing your children say that they're, you know, they want them to hurt others or they want them to hurt themselves or there's, you know, violence involved with the spirit communication, then they do need to see somebody because that's not how it works. Um, that, that, that's how you can kind of tell if, if there's some really weird, um, you know, I don't know if there's some really weird things going on about harm and hurting and some really negative things going on, then you're most likely not dealing with some, you know, spirits. You're, you're most likely dealing with potentially something else, some other fear that they have. They may have to see somebody, whatever. Um, but that is not a good indication that your child is just seeing bad spirits because that doesn't work like that. Like, even as adults, if, if people start thinking that, you know, oh, that they're wanting them to harm somebody or other people or to be harmful, that isn't really how spirit communication works. That's a red flag. So that means somebody should probably be seen. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about which is different from the tips, we already went through that, is um, most likely if they don't do it before then, it's really common. You may have experienced it yourself um, or you may not have, I don't know, to tune out your abilities in your teenage years. That's super common. And so somewhere between middle school and on up, your child, you may have noticed that they had these abilities, that they kind of just worked through them till they were 9 or 10 or whatever, and then they just sort of lost them is what people always say. Um, they didn't lose them. They learned how to block them out really nicely. Uh, and then if you're an adult now, you may have remembered that you may have done that as a child. And if you did, a lot of times, um, it, depending on the ability of your children, if they have a really high ability, uh, they might be able to block it for a little while and then it's going to come back with a vengeance and I don't mean in a bad way I mean in a really heightened way um, a lot of times it will come back in a way that they can't ignore in a very powerful manner um, that still could be the end of their teenage years you know 17 18 19 whatever early 20s um, and if it's not going to come back if if they're not really super advanced and it still comes back around. It might come back around later in your life, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and whatnot. But most likely, if, you, if you're listening to this show and you are interested in developing your abilities or have done so, um, if you don't remember uh, being a child that could see things or hear things or sense things, you might want to stop and take a minute because more often than not, 99% of the time, you're going to be able to remember at least one, two, three instances when you were a child that, oh yeah, I do remember this happened. Oh yeah, I remember that happened too, but I forgot about it. I brushed it off, thought it was this, whatever. So a lot of times um, that uh, if you're if you're noticing it now and you felt like it was blocked for a while or all of a sudden you had these abilities, it wasn't all of a sudden, it's just you blocked them for a while and now they've come back. So I think that that's all for now. Oh, one last thing I wanted to cover is children also may experience different sensations where your chakras are. Um, they may experience uh, sensations when spirit comes around. 
on the top of their head, right at the back of their head, back of their neck, back of their shoulder blades. Those tend to be the chakras that open the most when you're dealing with spirits and spirit communication. It may feel like a gaping hole. It may feel tingly. may feel they Children are children. They may have a bazillion different ways that they describe the sensations, um, but it's very common for them to have sensations from shoulder blades all the way up to the top of the head somewhere. might be in sections, might be the full thing. Um, that's also very common. So hopefully this was helpful for you. If you have children, know somebody who has children and, or maybe you remember doing this as a child yourself. And so I think that you might find some of this stuff interesting. Don't forget to join my spirit community. I, we're having some really cool conversations over there. So don't forget to stop by and check that out. Uh, my higher purpose learning group. If you want to get into that, you want to go to keystospiritworld.com and a, there's a tab up top that says Spirit Community. Click on there, ask to join, and also there's a really cool quiz on there, Psychic Ability Quiz, if you are interested in testing your abilities. I spent a lot of time on that quiz, um, so but it's really fun and interesting. And also, don't forget my chi meditation is also on there if you're interested in that as well, if you like guided meditation. So stop on over to Keys of the Spirit World. Get in my spirit community if you haven't already. But there's a lot of cool free stuff over there as well. And until next time, aloha. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.